Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. I've got some, some fun facts for you this morning. Some fun facts. Did you know that the Hawaiian alphabet only has 12 letters? It only has 12 letters. And they use all the vowels, all five vowels. I think it's five, A-E-O-I-O-U. They don't use Y, sometimes Y. But so that, that kind of tells you why, like a lot of their words have so many vowels because almost half of the letters they use are vowels. Here's another, this isn't up there, a fun fact about Hawaii. Hawaii is the only state that has never registered a zero degree temperature. The only state. Um, the world's biggest pyramid is not in Egypt. It is in Mexico. I believe probably the Maya, I'm assuming a Mayan pyramid. The only one-syllable state in the United States is Maine. Maine, the only one-syllable word. The number of times, this is, this is math, Lyndon. The number of times a cricket chirps in 15 seconds plus 37 gives you the current temperature. Hey, it's on the, it's on the internet. It's true. The number, 15 seconds, you count the dirt chirps, add 37, and that's supposed to be the temperature. So, the Statue of Liberty, here's a fat, fun fact. The Statue of Liberty, on her crown, she has seven points. Those points represent each continent. I didn't know that. Here's another side Statue of Liberty. Her, she has sandals. The shoe size of the sandal is 879. 879, that's how big her feet are. A jiffy, I'll be there in a jiffy. A jiffy is an actual time measurement that is one one hundredth of a second. Yeah, be there in a jiffy, a jiff. And it's also peanut butter. Some woodpeckers can hammer 16 times per second. That gives me a headache just thinking about that. Like, oh man. A camel, this one wasn't that impressive until I read it again and again. A camel can drink 25 gallons of water in less than three minutes. That's a lot of water. Like, I started thinking of like five gallon buckets. That's five of them. Like, makes my belly hurt. Polar bears can smell a seal from 20 miles away. And that one I was like, really? But then anyone ever been to a zoo? Zoos stink. So yeah, animals stink. I can see that. Yeah. All right. Last one here. 40 is the only number whose letters are in alphabetical order. The only number. And then a side note on this one too. One is the only number that the letters are in reverse alphabetical order. Yeah. And I counted all the numbers just to make sure. <laughs> I did. I thought about that one for a long time, though. I really, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, I don't, I have one more, a bonus one for you. And this one we can try. You cannot hum while plugging your nose. Try it. No, it doesn't come out. You can't do it. <laughs> Not everybody tried it. You got to try it. 
You can't, you can't do it. So fun facts like that, learning things. I don't know about you, but for me, learning things is really enjoyable. I love learning things, especially goofy things like those that don't meet, you know, what do they call that? Like mindless trivia or whatever, you know? I love that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I like to read these different things because learning for me is fun. And I would argue that we should all want to learn. We should all want to learn just learn goofy things, learn important things. But I would also argue that we should also learn things that are going to be better for us spiritually, right? If we look at the Bible, there's in Proverbs, Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. Wisdom is gaining knowledge and gaining information. Um, there are several. So Proverbs 1.5 says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Keep learning, adding to their learning and let the discerning get guidance discerning learning. Keep adding to your wisdom. Keep wanting to learn. Proverbs 18, 15 says, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge uh, for the ears of the wise seek it out. So you want to be wise, seek out knowledge and seek out information. And then there's one from Proverbs 10, 17. I like this when I use the English standard version of this. It says, whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life. So heeds means to like take notice of instruction or, or pay attention or want that instruction. So if you want instruction, you are on the path to life. And so I believe it's important for us to continue to learn, especially to learn things about Jesus, to read our Bibles and to learn things that are going to grow us spiritually. But if when I start thinking about learning, there are, there are different ways that we can learn. I learn from, from reading some things. Um, I like, I know it's not a perfect because people add to it, but like I read Wikipedia. My wife always gives me a hard time. I'll get on Wikipedia and I'll just go on these little rabbit trails and like I gain information, but it's reading that. Uh, I also learn by watching some things like YouTube working on a car, like I can now do some things that I weren't, wasn't able to do before by watching a YouTube video. So I can learn by, by watching. I can also learn by experiencing or doing things. And so those are ways that we can all learn. We can, but we can do that individually, but we can also learn from each other. We can learn from other people their experiences and from what other people have read. Um, there's a, when I was teaching, there was a, a, a teacher, I taught sixth grade. She taught fourth grade for years. Her name was Karen Reasoner. Well, she had went to uh, Egypt and did like a two week, you know, tour of Egypt and the pyramids and, and all that. And then when she came back, she was able to share that information um, with me in my class, the, the sixth grade curriculum, they talked about um, some of the Egyptian stuff. And so she came in and, and taught that. And so we learned from her experiences. But the point of all of this is that we can learn from each other. We can learn from each other. Hold that thought. Hold that thought in your head of we can learn from each other because we are in a message series that is titled Gathered Together, Revisiting the Purpose of the Church. And today I'm going to talk about, about 
being gathered together so we can learn from each other. There's a scripture um, in Romans chapter 15. That's where we'll be. I'll get to it in a second. Um, but we're going to, I think we can take some things about what that means to, to learn from each other from this scripture. Um, this scripture, again, Romans 15, is um, Paul is talking and he's speaking some encouragement um, into the Romans as they've, they've gone out and they've started to, what we call, preach the gospel, share the, the knowledge that they've learned from Jesus um, and basically starting the church. And so he's speaking this encouragement into the Romans. So I will read it from my Bible. We are in Romans chapter 15. We're going to read verses 14 through 18. So this is Paul. It says, I myself, or I'm, I myself am convinced, brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again, because of the grace God gave me to be a minister to Jesus Christ, um, to be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are the unbelievers. He gave me uh, the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore I, glory, I glory, therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. And so again, there's, there's a couple things that I think we can take out of that that, that can teach us how to learn from each other. And so today, just the, mes the message title is pretty simple. It's just gathered to learn, gathered to learn. And here in a second, I'm going to give you um, a couple points, but will you pray with me for this message? So God, we come to you this morning to say thank you for giving us the capability to learn. And we say thank you for, I think about the, those 10 fun facts that we learned. Just thank you that that learning can be fun. And I thank you, God, for all the people that you have in all of our lives that we can learn from. So today, just teach us how we can do that. Teach us how we can learn from each other, God. And again, I just pray that, that my words are your words this morning, God. Whatever you want to say, just bring it out this morning. I invite the Holy Spirit into this message. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing you can write this on your handout is, we can learn from each other by asking for input. Asking for input. In verse 14 of our scripture, it says, I myself am convinced, brothers and sisters, that you yourselves, so you are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. So what I want you to do right now, right, you are filled with goodness. You are filled with knowledge. I want everybody to look to their left, look to the person to their left, might be across the aisle. 
Now look to the person to your right. Those people you just looked at, they are full of goodness and knowledge. They have things that we can learn from them. We can learn from them. And so we can't be shy about asking, asking for help, asking for some of that knowledge. Many of us, we might try to do things on our own, right? I told you before, I, I can, with auto mechanics, like I can do YouTube, but I can do some things on my car. I'm still not very, what I would call mechanical, like, right, with auto mechanics. And I would try, even before YouTube, I would try to do some things that some of you that might know might even be simple. I'll give you an example, like changing brakes. Some people are like, oh, changing brakes, that's easy. Well, I tried to change brakes one time by myself and I didn't, you know, get in there and jack the car, but I can do all that. It ended up taking forever because I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I mean, I had an idea and I could figure it out, but it just took longer. I think I messed some things up and I had to go back and buy other parts or whatever. And I tried to do it on my own and I wasn't very successful. Well, my father-in-law who lives, literally lives right next door. He lives right across the road from me. He is mechanical and he is also willing to help, but I didn't, I wasn't willing to ask for his input and it ended up making it harder. If I just would have said, Hey Pat, would you help me change my brake pads? He would have said yes, because he's a nice guy and I would have, it would have taken way less time and I could have then learned from it. I could have done one side or he done one side. I could have watched him. I could have figured out to do the other side, but I wasn't willing to ask for input, even though he had that knowledge. And so I think we, we, we need to ask for input. If you are struggling with things, ask for input. We can't do everything ourselves. And so I was thinking about, okay, well, what do you mean asking for input? What are some things? There are some big areas of our lives. There are some small areas too, but I was thinking about these big. So for me, I'm married. There are a lot of other people that have had those experiences. If, if, if I need help in, a, in my marriage, I should be willing to ask for that. Or even if you're not married, maybe dating. Even if you're not, if you're not dating, there's, there are times you're probably going to go through these seasons of your life. Other people have done it. Ask for help in those. I have kids. Parenting is another area that, that I need to ask for, that, that we all need to ask for help. Some of us are in school, whether it's elementary school, high school, college. And I'm not talking about just asking for like academic help. Like, how do I navigate this? Maybe you're in college and you're trying to pay for it debt-free. And you're, how do I, how can I do this and also work a full-time job? Like, what are some, people have experience with these. And so we got to be willing to ask. Work. Maybe work is a struggle for you right now. Ask people. And you, and, and you don't have to ask somebody in the same profession as you. Many people have jobs. And you can ask, how do you get through this? How, in my, for my work at one point, I was, I was on staff at another church in student ministry. Then when we planted this church, I came with it. And I was working. And my question with work was, how can I do ministry and work a 40-hour, 50-hour week? job. I had to ask people that do, how do you do this? Cause I knew some people that did it. it was, I, I struggled with that early on. And so 
I had to ask for that. Maybe there's some other struggles that you have going on. Maybe there's an addiction in your life that you're struggling with and you need help. Man, I encourage you, ask for help. Ask for input. There's this, um, it's called Celebrate Recovery. They use um, a thing called um, Hertz habits or hangups. So maybe you think, well, I'm not an addiction. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't have an addiction, but maybe you have a hangup on something. Guys, we can't be afraid to ask for help. And who should you ask? Who should you ask? Two types of people. Ask people that have been through it or ask people that are in it. There are going to be people that, that have been through. I'll use um, an addiction. People have been through. Celebrate recovery is it's a, a Christian-led um, recovery program, the 12-step process, but it's led by people that have been through the program before. That's who leads it. And so when they're there and they're asking for help, they're getting help from people that have already been through those addictions and those hurts and those habits and those hangups. So ask people that have been through it, but then also ask people that are in it with you right now. Work, when I talked about work, for example, there might be some people that are just in a mess at work and man, man, how are you dealing with this? How can we, we can work with each other. How do we get through this? School, how are you, how do you handle homework and extracurriculars all at once? Like there are people, ask those people that have been through it. Ask those people that are in it. The second chapter of the Bible, Genesis 2, it says, The Lord said, the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So this scripture is when man then creates woman. It says, Here's a, and so a lot of times when this is preached, they talked about how, how man needs woman. But if we look at it, it just says, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper for you. So if you look around, God has made many helpers for you. He's made many helpers for us. We can't be afraid to ask for that help. If you're struggling with something, ask for help. And we have that that goes on in here. One of my favorite things to do is I, when I see other people from the church, like we have people that, that are, I'll come out in the atrium, I'll get in my office and I'll walk out to the atrium just on a, say a Wednesday. And there might be somebody out there in a meeting with somebody else that they're walking through a discipleship book or they, they might be praying together in a room. I just, I love seeing that because it's, it's people asking for help. I love when, when I hear of people, these ladies in our church that, that are meeting together doing a Bible study. I love hearing about that kind of stuff because it's asking for help. It's getting input. It's using one another. I love that we have 31 home group leaders and 90 some people in home groups that meet, we're meeting weekly now, but every other week. I love that because it's asking for help. It's getting input from other people. I love that we have young adult and student ministries that meet every single week because it's asking for help. It's getting input. It's learning from each other. It's that gathering together to learn, or people that are in the same seasons of your life. I encourage you, be part of that. Gather together, learn, 
ask for input. We cannot be afraid to ask for input. So that's point one. Point two, we can learn from each other by sharing our stories. By sharing our stories. And if you see these points, right, the first point is I need help. I need to ask for that. The second side is now I have to be willing to give that help. I need to be willing to share my story. I found this in, in Romans 15, 18. It says, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. What Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey um, God by what I have said and done. And so that is our story. What Christ has accomplished through me is my story. A lot of times in church you hear it called testimony. A testimony is basically like the evidence of what God has done. God has done things in my life. Some of you may know that, so others may not. But the only way that you're going to know how God has worked in my life if I tell you, right? The only way that I know that God has worked in your life is if you tell me. It's our story. And so we need, we can help other people by sharing our story, sharing our testimony. So I have a testimony. I have, I have a story. One time I was asked, this is back at my old church, I was asked to, hey, will you share your testimony just in a regular service, get up there and share the testimony? And I'm like, I mean, I will, but my testimony is boring. It's, you know, bland or whatever. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Will you just, okay. So I shared it. And I, you know, I leave the stage and I think like, okay, I shared my testimony. Big deal. It's not that exciting. I had multiple people and at that point, I think we had three services. Multiple people after each service come up to me and say, man, that really rang in my ears. That was really powerful. I was thrown, like, really? But the point is, we all have a story. And somebody can learn from your story. Even if you think your testimony, your story is the most boring thing ever, somebody can learn from it. And your story might be like a roller coaster. And you think, well, man, I've got some really yucky stuff in my past. Somebody can still learn from that. You have a story. Be willing to share that. And here's the thing that I want to encourage you with. Your story is never, ever wrong. It's never wrong. We get people that, that don't, they're like, oh, I don't want to share my story. No, it's your story. It's never wrong. It's never, ever wrong. Be willing to share that because you can help someone else. Here's proof that your story can help someone else. And I think it was July. We had a baptism ceremony. And some of you were involved in that. Some of you were here. Okay. What happens in a baptism, in our baptism ceremony, they, people come up and they share their story. They share their testimony. And then later on, they get baptized. But part of it is we want them to share their story. Well, looking back and you go through, and then typically at the end of the baptisms, we share. Jesus. Hey, who wants Jesus? Who wants to know? I look back the last two years, the most people that gave their lives to Jesus 
We're on Baptism Sunday. We're on Testimony Sunday because there's huge power in people getting up here and sharing. When you share that story, when you share your story and people hear it, there's power in that. And so the last two years, the most people that gave their life to Jesus were after testimonies because your story matters to somebody else and your story can be powerful to other people. I don't care what your past is. Jesus doesn't care what your past is. It doesn't matter. Don't be ashamed of your story. I put this in this morning because I think God is telling me that that there might be somebody in this room, somebody listening to this message that might be ashamed of their story. God is telling you, don't be ashamed of your story. In the Bible, David, David that killed Goliath, he actually went like that and killed Goliath, but David that killed Goliath later on became king. And then David committed adultery. And not only did he commit adultery, then he killed the woman's husband that he committed adultery with. That's pretty bad. I would be shameful. But God redeemed that. Paul, who wrote the letter that that we read today and wrote a lot of the New Testament, before he was a Christian, before he was a believer, he was killing Christians. So here's somebody in the Bible that was killing Christians that wrote roughly two-thirds of the New Testament. God used that story. I have a lot of things in my past that I'm not proud of, but I know and I trust that Jesus redeems that. Is it part of my story still? Yes, it is but he can help, that story can help other people. Before we look to the left, we look to the right. I want you to do something right now, just briefly. I want you to close your eyes. And I want to tell you this, because I think it's coming from from God this morning. God is saying, do not be ashamed of your story. God is saying this, and he said it through scripture this morning. You are filled with goodness, and you are filled with knowledge, and your story can help other people. I want you to hear that again. You are filled with goodness, and you are filled with knowledge. You can open your eyes. There's several scriptures that talk about the redemption qualities of God. In Philippians 3.13, it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Forgetting. When you know Jesus... Your past is forgiven. Jesus forgives your past. You can too. Forget what is in the past, looking forward to what's ahead. Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Don't dwell on the past. Move past it. And the last one, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, 
If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Anyone in Christ, the new is here, the old is totally gone. I think there's an important value in this as well. There's an important value of knowing Jesus. We looked at several scriptures that talk about knowing Jesus. And sometimes I'm I'm light about sharing the gospel, sharing Jesus. I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, really consider it because that's when you are filled with your with your goodness in your knowledge. In the scripture, it's right, it says, what my story is what Christ accomplished in me. If I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, it's not what Christ accomplished in me then. And so I just want you to consider that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I really want you to consider that today. And a side note, if you're questioning Jesus, like, what is this all about? What is this all about? Ask. Ask somebody for input. Ask somebody their story. So, like, what do you mean? I know that you know Jesus. How has that changed your life? You can ask me. I'd love to, I'd love to tell you how Jesus changed my life. And if you look around the room, there are, there are many people that will be willing to share that story. So if you're questioning it, ask somebody. They'll tell you their story. So I want to close with this. In Proverbs 27, 17, and we use it around here quite often, but it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You use iron to sharpen iron. And when, they, when iron sharpens iron, the impurities leave. And that's why the, the blade can get sharp. Well, here's the thing. Iron cannot sharpen iron separated. I can't have iron over here and iron over here. They got to come together. Iron can't sharpen iron separated. And so that's what we talk about, gathered together. There's value of being together in Sunday morning church. I missed two weeks in a row because I was sick and I didn't get as much out of it. I watched them, but there's value in, in meeting together because iron sharpens iron. Iron cannot sharpen iron unless it's together. On the way in this morning, I came in a little because I was preaching, so I came in early this morning and there were not a lot of cars on the road and this just dawned on me. But I'm driving. It's hard for me to gauge my speed when there are other there aren't other cars on the road. Is that hard for you too? Like sometimes I'll be going really fast. I don't even think of it because there's nothing else to, to gauge me. But sometimes I'm, I may be going really slow because there's no other cars. And I was, today I glanced down, I was going really slow because there's no other cars out there. And I think that's the value of meeting together. When there are other cars on the road, there's a lot of cars on the road, I can gauge my speed a lot better. I think we're the same as humans. 
we can gauge our speed a lot better. We can gauge where we're at a lot better when we meet together than when we do when we're alone. I thought of this as well. Does anybody know who Roger Bannister is? Anyone heard that name? Nobody? Roger Bannister is the first person to run a four-minute mile, a sub-four-minute mile. That was like the big cutoff, like who can run less than four minutes to run one mile? And so he did it in 1954. But the first time that he broke a four-minute mile, he had people that ran in front of him. I think there were four guys, and they would run one lap to help him keep pace. And that's the only way that he could accomplish that was if they kept pace. So he would he'd say, okay, because I can run really fast. Well, I mean, I can't. Those guys could run really fast <laughs> for one lap, right? And so he just said, keep pace with me. I'm going to run fast and you keep pace. And then that guy would be tired and he would break off and they'd bring another guy in and he would run and keep pace with me. And that guy could run really fast for one lap. They did that four times. And that's the only way he could accomplish that because he was with somebody. He had somebody guiding him. And so there's serious, serious value in meeting together as a church. Gathered together to learn from one another. Learning from another means getting input from other people, other people that have been in my mess, other people that have gotten through mess. And we talk about mess, it doesn't even have to be a mess. Doing life together. Getting input from others, gathering together and then also sharing my story. Your story has value and people can learn from it. The last thing you can write this down, come to church and bring your iron because you can get your iron sharpened and you can also use your iron to sharpen somebody else. I'm going to pray and then Lyndon's going to come up and close us out. So God, just thank you. We thank you for everybody around us. Like you give us, like right now I'm thinking of so many names of people in my life, God, that I can't even number them that you've put in my life to help sharpen me. And so we just thank you for that. We thank you for the community of church that we can sharpen one another. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.